Hello and welcome to another episode of the DGen Cast. My name is Rich Sponholtz, and with me for the very last time is Jamie Eastap, the hack father. To clarify, he's not going anywhere. I am. Hey, Rich. Rich. <laughs> yes, Jamie. The last fucking episode and you still, <laughs> or my last episode and you still fucking interrupt me. Do you have to go? I don't want you to, buddy. I love you. Look, I, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> We're going to lose at here. least half of the four people that listen to this because you're not on it. <laughs> they can still buy my feet pics on OnlyFans. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yo, I mean, you can take, how about this? I'll, I'll loan you decks to take your deck, fo- deck photos with, with your feet in them. Because that was part of your niche thing and why you were making so much money with it. <laughs> I forgot that became a thing in old school. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, you started that. Who, that was you. Wait, no, 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 no. Mark started that. <laughs> that wasn't me. I don't know, because I've I had just, a couple people. I got people... in on the action, but okay. I, I'm fairly certain Mark started that. Was it Mark? Okay, I knew it was one of the two of yeah. you, because the two of you were posting them all the fucking time there for a little while. It was fucking great. I loved it. Cam got in on it, too. Yes, so did, uh, like... so did... <laughs> Oh so did Eric, Eric Martin. I think yeah. all, all, all seven of the Eric Martins on fucking Twitter got in The on real it. Eric Martin. Yeah. <laughs> but which one is the real Eric Martin? It's going to be like the Josh fight 2.0. We're just going to get <laughs> We're all going to walk around with, hi, my name is Eric Martin on our fucking name tags. At Sounds good. Event sometime. Sounds good. So anyway, getting back on topic. I, uh, I've retired from magic completely. And it feels weird. At this point, it was several months ago now. It still feels kind of weird, though. Uh, a lot of, you know, my friends play. And so I have sold out of the majority of the number of cards I own. I still have a lot of the value of my collection still. I'm being a little more careful in how I sell those. But, yeah, this is it. You should have enough to where if you wanted to throw together an old school deck, you probably could, or or be pretty damn close within a couple of cards. But but you I, you know yeah I'm, I know you uh, purged you purged pretty much all of your vintage collection, all of the legacy stuff. I know is gone. I haven't sold my I haven't sold my orb yet. I haven't sold my uh, strips. I haven't yeah. sold a number of things. I'm holding the scaffold of my foreign mono black deck in my hand that's been sitting on my desk still not 100 percent certain what i want to do with it yeah i mean you know it's one of those things where also you know if you come to visit it's not like i can't just fucking hand you a copy of the deck right not the deck but like your your black deck i i own it so (laughs) that uh that won't be sold though no matter what i do with it i've got something in mind for for what i want to do with that just as, as uh courtesy to a friend yeah, no, that's awesome. But yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, my uh, favorite moments of having played Magic over the last several years. Yeah. Since I, I got back say, into it. Yeah, there's, you know, they, they say you never really stop playing. You just kind of step back. I, you're one of the few people that I think that it, you're actually probably not going to be back. It'll be more of a... Yeah. You're at a hacks event. Someone hands you a deck. You play a couple games, and that's right. about it. Like I, I don't see you going to a tournament again, an F and M, anything like that. Like I think you. And I may travel pressed. like adjacent to it, but the reality is that like I just I don't I don't get anything out of playing anymore, and like I don't. There's there's so much financially tied up in the game and whatnot that like I just 
I can't really justify it anymore. So yeah, that's no, it for I mean, me. That's, that's a real, you know, you, you're moving on to other things. I know yeah. you've been, been into the, uh, you know, working on your personal life a lot. And that's, yeah. that's something mm-hmm. where, you know, it's it's hard to have a hobby that takes a lot of time and money and, right. and also work on yourself personally. I mean, it's not easy. And I mean, like, between cars and weightlifting, like, the, <laughs> there's... <laughs> it's not like I've, I've got... Yeah, hobbies. I was going to say, I haven't... I haven't uh, my hobbies haven't gotten any cheaper, but... Yeah. Oh, trust me. You know, you and I both have a car problem. And um, <laughs> we, have a, we have a car cane problem is what it is. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I've got a, my back room is full of parts that still aren't on my car, but I own them. Right. They'll get on there eventually. You got things you want to do with your money and I, that's understandable, but so what, Travel you know, if and when like the world stops ending. Yeah. You know. Wash your hands, wear a mask. Yeah, basically. So what, uh, you know, what are, what are some of your top magic events, you know, or like memory, I guess memories rather is a better thing rather than events. Cause I mean, not everything is centered around that. We'll get the the one actual like tournament finish on the list out of the way first. <laughs> Quite literally, the only tournament finish that I cared to talk about, and that was the Power Nine series in 2019. Playing nice, nice feather in your cap. A build of colorless Eldrazi that you and I spent a good long while putting together and and building a sideboard package for that event to a. Uh, to a ninth place finish on breakers. Uh, to a, ni- a ninth place finish on missing that you p- cast something on cavern. <laughs> that's what it actually was. But that's, not that's to beat true. you up about it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you you had a great event. You had a shout really out good to run. Justin Sams. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would. You know, I just I remember just watching you just body people, and you were like, "Dude, I have no idea why you didn't play this deck today." And I was like, yeah. "I don't know either. I just." I should have played well, and it. Like that turbo Karn shops deck was oh, everywhere. Yeah. And it was you like had four Karn four. they were running Karn and then what time vault key. And it yeah. was, we hadn't gotten the artifact that lets you look at the top card of your library yet. I don't think. Right. Um, I'd have to look at my, my list to know. I don't know if we had, I don't, I don't remember what the card's called anymore. <laughs> oh, Mis- mystic, mystic forge is the name. Yeah, of the card. There we go. Myst- I knew it was yeah. mystic something. <laughs> Uh, I don't know whether we had Mystic Forge at the time. I don't think I actually played a copy of it if it was legal. Yeah. But that uh, that format was really poised for big, dumb idiots. And, like, yeah. you know, we, we sat down and we're like, okay, how do we beat a Turbo lock, Lockout deck? And it was, you know, Turbo out something that doesn't give a shit about not being able to make mana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's my th- here's my thought not here on turn yeah. one go fuck yourself <laughs> here's my turn two trampling five five good luck <laughs> yeah have like, fun have fun with your sphere of resistance <laughs> <laughs> so like we put a lot of time and effort into building that deck and that weekend several podcasts that have talked about that particular format and how short-lived it was yeah. and how it kind of fell dead I, I believe it was dead on arrival yeah i think kevin crone's words literally were calling it a dead format yeah because it was so short-lived less than 30 days yeah but we we killed it and that's that was something that really meant a lot to me because it, it was a lot of hard work on your and my part that really paid off yeah it was a lot of fun we also uh that was also the weekend that we made the hacks tryhard jerseys oh yeah <laughs> oh my god, I freaking forgot about those. <laughs> we became Guy Fieri's fucking yeah, we, bowling team. <laughs> we wore them we we wore them for the the Eternal Trios 
tournament. And yeah. round one, so I, I loaned you my copy of the Underworld Dreams combo deck for yep. old school. Yep. I was playing the vintage seat on this crazy Eldrazi deck that we built. And who did we get paired against round one but my friend Ollie Ontrazi, <laughs> who at the time was contracted to Tempo Storm. And so he was wearing he was wearing his Tempo Storm jersey. And like we'd planned, we sat down like a bunch of fucking assholes. Yeah, we really did. <laughs> Looking like, as you said, Guy Fieri's bowling team, yeah, uh, yeah, which is really what we were going for, and I think we knocked it out of the park. Oh yeah, I've I've had people ask me about the jerseys before. I mean, that weekend was super fun. We shared a house among some current and now uh, hacks that weren't hacks at the time. They've since joined the fold. I believe we had eight of us in that Airbnb, which was kind of an interesting. Yeah, those were the ones that got in before we started branding them with code hangers and shit. <laughs> <laughs> We do not brand anyone with code hangers. <laughs> Dear God, of. do not send the FBI <laughs> after us. <laughs> All right. So the next thing, uh, obviously, was you know sitting down and starting the hacks. Without going into too much history, we'd kind of done some stuff with a group of guys in South Carolina. And in terms of old school specifically, we kind of had a little bit of a, a difference of philosophy and how we wanted to do old school events and what was important to us and all of that. And, you know, it was, it was kind of an amicable split, but we kind of wanted to do our own thing and kind of start our own crew. So that's where the hacks came from. The namesake being Magical Hack. The one blue, I don't remember what the text says because it's a useless card. Kind of like how we're all useless and at Magic players with the exception of Eric and Bill. Yeah. It says, <laughs> so Magical up. Hack, just so you know what it says. I actually have yeah. one in front of me. Okay. It says, change the text of any card being played or already in play by replacing one basic land type with another. For example, you can change Swamp Walk to Planeswalk. It is utterly fucking useless. <laughs> so, not the most fantastic card that we chose as our no. patron saint, but it's very fitting of the, the giant bunch of assholes. The magical hacks down in South Carolina, they're a little less like a biker gang than we are and far more sober during events. They certainly look less like a biker gang. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I haven't trimmed my beard in months, so yeah. I, I, I look like an extra from Sons of Anarchy right now. <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> right. That was a very important thing over like the last several years, and I'm glad that I'll be staying on and staying involved with the, cl- with the crew. Uh, obviously, you know, I won't be playing at events or anything but you know once once the world sorts itself out and we're able to be in person again and all of that i'm planning to to for our events and you know be pit master and work a little bit on the behind the scenes getting everything going now that we we have kind of a dd of the kitchen yeah yeah it's (laughs) you know for people that you know haven't tried to run a house event with 12 to 16 people in a three-bedroom townhouse. It's a lot of fucking people and a lot Mm -hmm. of food, and it is a lot of cleanup and a lot of work. And, you know, you know, you've you've helped me over the years, and you basically either have to cook everything a day before Mm -hmm. or somebody has to cook all day long. And, you know, I know you recently competed in a barbecue contest. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, you know, so we're we're looking to uh, use some of the Baldi's blends at our events. Yeah. You know, make our various smoked and grilled meats. If you don't know about Baldi's blends, I highly recommend you check it out. They've got some great yeah. stuff. 
Um, shameless, pl- shameless plug for our buddy Baldy. Yeah, he's also a magic judge. We love Baldy and everything that he does, and the stuff that he makes is phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah I mean it's it's top notch. My wife loves loves that shit. I'm you know she's a vegetarian and I make tofu with it, and she's like, oh my god, it's amazing. I made I made chicken fajitas for dinner tonight actually with the spectacular saison, New Mexico green chili, and Baldy's pure perfection. That was that was good that stuff. was the play. They were very very good. Zach was very appreciative, so I have another magic friend of mine running my guest room right now. So figured I'd I'd cook dinner. And he was nice. Like, oh, good as fuck. Nice. <laughs> nice. So I'm gonna skip around a little bit here. Okay. Just it makes a little more sense temporally. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> it means in time. Oh. Like skipping around in time temporally. Anyway, so I was on an episode of Leaving a Legacy with Pat. Jerry couldn't make it that night. I think it's because Jerry doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> I have one of um, a gerrymandering somewhere in my office that that he signed (laughs) as part of this. Leaving a legacy, for those that that don't know, is a legacy podcast. Jerry, me, and Pat Uglo. We've kind of innocently and not so innocently poked fun at them a couple times on this cast in the past. It's all in good fun. I love the guys. They do a bulk for charity drive around the holidays every year to raise money for charities. And the year before Wesley's transplant they did a bulk for charity for the children's organ transplant association i did an episode with pat just talking about wesley and coda and propionic acidemia and a little bit about magic but it was primarily about the charity mm-hmm. what it was about and what it was one was of my favorite on. episodes of their cast and it's probably because they don't talk about fucking blue decks for an hour <laughs> I, th- I think we did talk about blue decks actually in that episode it wasn't the entire cast though that was i think the part that i appreciated no. That's what I appreciate about you. Yeah, Jerry Jerry wasn't on there, so somebody had to talk about Sneak and Show. And yeah. <laughs> I felt I felt obligated to take that role. Yeah. And they ended up raising about $3,500 for the Children's Organ Transplant Association, which was fucking incredible. And people just came out of the woodwork. And, you know, they, they were donating play mats and cards to raffle off and all sorts of stuff. And the total just kept climbing and climbing and climbing. And it was like, we, we did this expecting to raise, you know, a couple hundred dollars. Like, nothing nothing crazy. You know, they, they did this out of the kindness of their hearts and just, just to try to make a little bit of a difference and it just evolved so crazily and it was one of the most heartwarming moments that i've ever had with the eternal magic community as a whole there's there's a couple others on this list too that are heartwarming moments from the eternal magic community one of the things that was raffled off is on the bookshelf in my bedroom is a altered gitrog monster kermit the frog on it that our our good friend dj Seco actually won that and then mailed it to me that's awesome. DJ's great, dude. And this is this is before I hadn't met him yet at this oh, point. Oh, I didn't realize that. I met DJ. I split an Airbnb with him and Dominic Monfrey in in Pittsburgh for EW in 2018. Okay. And that's that's also on the list is meeting DJ and Dom. And we hadn't met at this point. And he sent me the the Gitrog monster and a letter. And it was just, I don't know, I'm, I'm like tearing up a little bit talking about it. Like, no, I mean, that's, that's it was awesome. Just, it, was, it, was it was really fucking special. It was a huge outpouring of yeah. support from the community. For those of you that have not listened to the episode, it's episode 189 of Leaving a Legacy. It, it really was everything that followed, just a, a fantastic thing that the community did mm-hmm. 
for Coda, for Wesley, and for those of you that don't know, without getting into too much detail, Rich's son had to have a liver transplant that happened right before EW mm-hmm. 2018. In 2018. You yeah. know, so we were actually at EW like a week after the procedure two. had been done. Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, so two yeah. weeks after. And, you know, th- this was kind of in between the, before the actual procedure had been done and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, it went a long way for the organization Coda to do help. So if you're ever looking very, for very much so. if you're ever looking for an organization to donate money to for your old school events, it is uh, mm. COTA, I believe is the yeah. organization. The Children's Organ Transplant Association. Yeah. Coda, COTA. F- fantastic organization. And so actually that that transitions very neatly into talking about Eternal Weekend and the particularly the the old school event in 2018. So while we were up there Wesley got an infection. That was a fairly aggressive one. Things got a little scary there for a minute. And in trying to cope with everything and whatnot. So Wesley was transplanted at the Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh. So I was, I happened to be in town. And so I was over there and my, my wife at the time decided that, you know, trying to get out of the hospital and trying to spend some time with friends and just relax was really something that I needed. And so rather than bagging the old school event, I I did go and play a couple rounds before heading over to the hospital. And it was just crazy. The whole weekend had been kind about of everything. surreal yeah. too. Just the, the, everyone that knew about it and everyone that found out about it was just so kind and so comforting. And I really needed that. I didn't really understand how much at the time, but God, it was, it was just amazing. And Wesley's had just fantastic people behind him this whole time that have done amazing things. I have a uh, uh, the Dark Blood Moon that Jaco gave me before I left the event that I will never get rid of. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, he, he wrote a little personal note on it that said, yeah. uh, what, what, I can't even remember what it says. Something From about Pittsburgh Pitt- with Love. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things where we were at the event and I know you had played the Legacy event. You were like 3-0, got a phone call that, you know, Cat had said, "Hey, you know, we we can you come over here? I kind of need you here." Dropped. I know that you, I, I walked out with you into the lobby, and you were just on you know on the verge of breaking down. And we uh, had a good hug, and I just remember telling you, like, "Dude, it's okay. It's just a magic tournament. Like, we're, you can find us later yeah. if you want mm-hmm. to, you know, and just let yeah. us know what we can do." And when I know when I got we'd gotten to the old school event, I hopped up, talked to Jaco real quick, and said, "You know, one of the guys in our crew who's." You know, part of the old school community. He's been having a really rough weekend. You know, his, his son's here in town and had, yeah. just had a transplant. And I, I, not really expecting anything. It was more of just, yeah. I was like, hey, just, you know, offer, say something, you know, to have somebody buy him a drink or something. And, you know, he he like yeah. had made that card for you out of his deck. Like he pulled it yeah. out and, and scribbled on it for you. And it's, it you know, something you'll always cherish from that. Yeah. So shout yeah, out was, to, to Jaco for being the godfather of pimp and an outstanding human being. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Someday, someday maybe we'll be as sharply dressed as he is. Oh, I, I, I don't know that I will ever be as sharply dressed as Jason Jaco is that that's, that is a high fucking bar. I mean, I've got some really nice gym shorts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I needed to lighten the mood a little bit after that. We have a couple not so involved items here. There is buying my Antiquities Tron lands. For the first time, I have bought Antiquities Tron lands five times in my uh, Magic tenure at varying prices, some better than others. 
And that was, so this was back when I played more modern. And that was kind of the harbinger of things to come where I, I would terrorize people with Tron for a good long while. Eventually we started having, like we, we had a very, very healthy modern scene here in Charlotte for a good long while to the point that the tryhards and the grinders and stuff kind of got together and were like, hey, you know, let's let's up the ante a little bit. Let's, you know, f- forget these $5 you know, weekly events. Let's do like a $20 weekly event. Like let's, let's up the ante a little bit. And that died very quickly because I won the first four every week with a different deck. (laughs) My boy, my boy. Once with Tron, (laughs) once with Affinity, once with Infect. And I think the, I don't remember what the last one was. I think the last one was just a bullshit pile. (laughs) I want to say it was like that retract grape shot deck. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the modern Cheerios. Yeah, yeah. Pure Steel Paladin and all of that. And I just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I put that deck together because I was like, okay, I'm not going to win this one. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't win this week, guys. I promise. And it was I- like, it was a $20 event. I don't remember whether first and second cashed or whether we made it winner, winner take all. And like, regardless, Tron was always like my love in Modern. And I played more Tron than anything else. After taking a break from Modern and coming back, I played Affinity for a little while very intensely and i've always loved that I've, I've always been kind of a mud monster i love i love tron i love affinity i love artifacts that's always kind of been my thing in vintage i would always play shops until i decided and this is going to be a hotter take than the sun but buckle up colorless eldrazi is better than shops facts you heard it here it is a better deck it is more resilient it is almost as fast on its best draws it is a better deck period the end. All I've got to say is they don't play fucking Thought Not Seer. My favorite part of this is this is my last episode of this podcast and I don't have to defend that point. It's going to be great. People are going to be up in fucking arms and I don't care. All four people that listen to this are going to message me and be like, fuck you. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate it. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh, man. That's right. They're going to send it to you on, like, Usenet or something. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite to that level. They're going to sit down and try to figure out their ARPANET login. (laughs) (laughs) I may or may not still have an ICQ login, so... If you uh, if you're looking for me, you can find me in my favorite IRC chat room. This one actually was super fun. So GP Charlotte in 2016, Mm -hmm. I started that event with two buys from winning a GPT that was also one of the best EV local tournaments I've ever played in my life. What's EV? Uh, So it's a Pokemon. It's normal type. It has a whole lot of different evolutions. Oh. Okay, interesting. So that you win those when you win magic events and you get buys? Yeah, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was, it was a GPT. And you are you were a GBT. We got it. I, I was. <laughs> well, I didn't have to be. So for people that don't know Charlotte, this was at a game store that I don't know that they still run magic. They may not even exist anymore. It was a store called Spandex City. And Is that Spandex the comic City, book shop? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, with, they're still with, there. They, are they? I, they only run standard. Oh, okay. So this was a GPT for GP Charlotte that was Modern Masters 2 sealed. That sounds like my impersonal version of hell. They figured out that they fucked up on the, the web listing for, for like pre-reg and stuff on the prize out. 
and tried to back off on it during the semis. And John was on the other side of the bracket. And our plan was to make finals and split because we were basically splitting a box. Like it was insane. And I was like, well, we didn't mean to. And we're like, well, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. Yeah. They they did end up honoring it, thankfully. John and I did make the finals and split the packs. John wasn't going to be able to play the event, and so I technically took the win and got the buys. I think we played a grand total of five or six rounds that day. Like, it was it was not a very long event. Most of the people that were in it, I feel a little bad talking down on them, but no, I don't. They were bad. <laughs> They had poorly constructed decks and they did not play them well. It was a very, it was a very easy day. So John and I split that. I got my buys. And then I was down on Friday of the GP and there's a store that was a vendor there. The only game in town that listed we buy everything and had magic, Pokemon, like all of that stuff listed out on their sign. And I was like, hey, do you have Pokemon buyers with you this week? Because at, at this time, I had just gotten all of my old Pokemon cards out of my mom's basement down in Atlanta. She was starting the process of getting ready to downsize her house and all that stuff. So I was getting all my stuff out. And so I had all of this and we'd gone through and we'd looked at what was there and everything. And they're like, yeah, bring it all down. So I had these buys Saturday morning. So I walk in with a long storage box and like three or four tubs on top of it of bulk which at the time was forty dollars a thousand for pokemon bulk jesus christ and three or four binders as as people know with the secondary market of park uh, pokemon cards it kind of exploded in the past year so obviously cards are worth way more than they were then but even then selling my pokemon collection paid for all of the booze for my wedding and then some god damn made out of there with twenty four hundred dollars jesus christ it was a, a very productive day. And now, for anyone that remembers GP Charlotte 2016, that was the big tournament organization software crash. And so I came off of my buys, quickly lost two rounds, and then the software crashed. And they sat there and they were trying to figure out what was going on. And eventually they came to the, if you wish to drop, you can get an infinite challenge badge for the rest of the weekend, which gave you entry into all of the side events, including the sealed events, all weekend. Mm, nice. And so I snap dropped. That was a Star City tag. GP, right? Because if it, it was, was a Star City it, GP, if it was yes, channel, it was. If it was Channel Fireball, they would have handed you some wet wipes and been like, and some laxatives and been like, if you'd like to spend the rest of the day in the bathroom shitting yourself while we, you wait for us to fix this, we may run events later today. Yeah. So, yeah. They would have just told you to go fuck yourself. Star City is always taking care yeah. of people. Shout out to Star City Games and the event staff and the judges that were working that tournament. I was at that event playing a side. Yeah. I was playing either Legacy or Vintage in a side event. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I signed up for and snap dropped from every sealed event. I played a bunch of modern and a bunch of legacy that weekend it was fantastic that weekend was just super fun it was going to be a kind of nerve-wracking thing obviously you know i'm i'm a pretty competitive person and especially back then like i, I was very much on the tournament grind and like trying to you know be somebody and whatnot so that stupid decision by the way don't ever do that but it very quickly became a very fun weekend and honestly that should have been my signal to to quit the grind because it was very evident 
the more that I looked back with more objective eyes that the gathering was always the most important part for me, uh, which is also why GP Hoth, which is the legacy GP in Louisville in January 2017. I'm so glad I didn't go to this. so great. <laughs> John, again, was traveling with me and Zach was the other person in the car. The plan was to go up to Charleston, West Virginia a day early, hit the casinos, and then wake up whenever we did, have breakfast, and drive the rest of the way to Louisville on Friday. Problem is, none of us are good at looking at weather reports, and that was the weekend of the polar vortex. I just want to point out that this, at this point in history, the smartphone did fucking exist. <laughs> Yes, it did. You cannot fix stupid, though. No. And, and <laughs> the three of us were collectively inept at this point. Yeah, I passed on that one. There were some people from Columbia that went, and I was like, you fuckers are going to die. None of you know how to drive in snow. Yeah, Trevor and Jordan and a couple other guys Yeah, all made that trip. I remember seeing them. That was also one of my first interactions with the guys from Team Tusk, but I didn't know them. Yeah. Then. Did Sean O'Brien but... just look at you and be like, revised duels? Poor No, no, no. Let's see, it was Frenchie was there, Pig Red, 5-3. Brendan might have been there. I don't know if Sean was there. I don't I don't remember seeing the Dunkin' Donuts happen. <laughs> but yeah, there was there was a contingent there. One of them played Lincoln in a round. Of course, I again didn't know who they were at that point. But that was that was GP Hoth. It was a good time. And then I don't know, like the, the webcam OS during the pandemic was super fun. Yeah. Getting to do, especially all of the hilarity that popped up around Cam Jam. Oh my God. That, still that still one of my great. favorite events we've ever done. <laughs> I did so Ward bad. For I running. did so bad the first round. They were like, we'll, we'll let you play re-enter You are the, the only person to lose <laughs> Twice in round one. <laughs> four times. You lost in round one of the winner's bracket. Yep. Twice. Yep. Because he gave you another entry and then you lost in round one of the losers bracket on both those entries i know it's great i'm so good at this game you were the first worst <laughs> player in that tournament you know what at least in terms of finish it was it was whoa i i'm oh my I god did, that was bad i did have the sickest balance play ever in that event it's true that, that i remember watching that that was pretty cool cam was like holy fuck <laughs> But yeah, so that was cool. We had obviously, you know, I've I've grown quite fond of the MTG Underground folks on Twitter. Hashtag old school gains is pretty great. Eric and Mark and yeah. Paul and all those dudes. It's a good time. George gets in there on the regular too. Nice. And that's that's always been fun. And then like the the one that I haven't I haven't talked about that is is on the list is the origin story of our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Which, our first interaction with each other had you playing Blue-White Landstill at a legacy event at Firefly Games in Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, I remember this, yeah. And you bought a Humility from the store. This is before Humility spiked, so I think it was like $4 Yeah, or I was pissed that and it was like that, more like, than it was, four bucks. Yeah, it, was it was more than two like bucks. two most <laughs> yeah. places, and you were pissed that they, they asked four for it, but you needed it for the decks. So you yeah. like, fine, fuck it. And we talked about it, and we ended up talking because we were... We outside so i i don't smoke but i hang out around the smoker pit a lot just talking to people we were outside for that and i was the other person in the tournament that understood how humility and, and <laughs> did somebody walk Mithras out really salty worked? before i walked out <laughs> and 
So we we got to talking and talking about our preferences for magic cards and all sorts of stuff and got along really great. And that that was cool, but like, you know, it it was just running into a stranger at a magic tournament. You know, you make small talk, it's great and whatnot, and we go our separate ways. Well, a week later is a modern event for the cross country team for one of the schools in in Columbia. And we're playing Legacy. I get paired against a Is it Legacy or Modern? This we were playing Legacy. Okay. So maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't the charity event. Maybe it was just a Legacy tournament at Ready to Play. But I get paired against a mutual of ours who was playing Grixis Delver. I was playing Infect. And it was his first time piloting Grixis Delver and didn't really know a lot of the interactions, didn't really know what he was doing. I promptly handed him his ass and he was like, yeah, you know, I haven't played a whole lot of a whole lot of legacy. I'm just borrowing the deck from a friend. And so we walk over and he borrowed the deck from you. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we walk up to each other and we're like, hey. <laughs> and like that, that was just a thing. From from then on, we kept in touch and talked a whole bunch. And yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to you know transitioning from magic friendship into a F1 and cars and oh yeah oh, I mean last time, the last time you, all that like yeah. yeah the last time that you the came last, to my house we didn't fucking even the last play several magic. times you and I have been in the same place we haven't played a game of magic at all yeah we haven't touched cards. No, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you might you meet friends through the game and sometimes mm-hmm. they're just friends outside of the game. Like, I've got people that, yeah, sure, you know, like I, I play Magic with and stuff like that. But, you know, most of my friendship revolves around that with them. Like, I, you know, you and I talk about, like, what's going on in life, like, yeah, at least once a week, mm-hmm. you know, just to, I mean, it's like we're like the it's like two old women gossiping about what the neighbors are doing, you know, when we yeah. get on the phone. Although it's mostly just talking about our plans to be less fat. Yes, yes. It's mostly about, like, <laughs> God, I just want to eat deep-fried fucking everything, but I don't want to die of a heart attack at 40. Talking shit about Formula One. Oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. we are we are fierce rival team fans, so it, it makes for <laughs> some interesting Although, to be fair, chat. you are not a Red Bull F1 fan. I am fan. not a Red you Bull F1 a, fan. I you are not. a Checo fan. I, You're a, I like their number a Sergio two Perez fan. Indeed. Indeed. And I root for the Evil Empire. <laughs> yeah. I'm, in fact, a Haas fan, which, much like yeah. my Magic career, it looks a lot like Haas's Formula One wins, you know, over the last two years. <laughs> yeah. I pull for Mercedes, but I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for the one true team boss, Gunter Steiner. <laughs> Well, you don't fuck smash my door. <laughs> he don't fucking smash my door. I fucking smash my door. Did you see, by the way, that Nikita Mazepin bought him a new door yeah. and put a sign on it that yeah. said fuck smash door? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Rich, uh, you know, it's been awesome doing this with you. Yeah. The mm-hmm. the cast is not, in fact, ending. Right. Um, the second half of this episode is going to be a recording with your new co-host. Yes. We're not going to spoil that right now. But okay. he is someone who is familiar to the four of you that have listened to more than one episode of this cast from That's start true. to finish. He has been on an episode. So anyway, buddy, just really, I you know, I'm... I'm Sad to see you stop playing. I know that, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm not going to see you. I'll probably see you in the next month or two in person. For sure. Yeah. And, you know. My, probably around an F1 race. Yeah. Like. You know, we'll we'll get together. Or, even, you know, shit, I might just mm-hmm. come down there so that we can go eat some decent barbecue in fucking Plaza Midwood. Yeah. You, you know. can do that. So, definitely happy for you. I know you got a lot of stuff going on with, like, you know, getting back in shape. You you look great. You know, Thanks, man. You really do. Been trying. So, you know, from from the bottom of my heart, man, I love you, man. Thank you so much for doing this with me. 
I, I wish we Absolutely. could keep doing it, but pleasure. I understand your heart's not in playing magic, so there's no point in being yeah. on a fucking magic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> your on no. again, off again girlfriend, Tron Lance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you've Modern just Tron, bought no. another fucking set of them like six months ago. <laughs> yeah, like like right before deciding to quit. <laughs> Yeah, that was, oh, that was, that was fun. Yeah, so, but any any closing thoughts or anything? You know, we're, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, so stay home. If you have to go out, wear a mask. I don't want to hear your argument about why you think that they don't work. But they my do. freedom There's, with a B at the end. To quote our patron saint Arnold Schwarzenegger, fuck your freedom. <laughs> and get vaccinated. Uh, 5G is pretty sweet. Yeah, it really is. My cell signal has been amazing. Fantastic. Well, until next time, I may still be a guest at some point, but uh, my tenure's done. So yeah. for the last time, this is Rich Swanholt signing off. Take it easy, everyone. <laughs>
So, you know, the reason that Eric has the nickname Kingslayer is that um, he fucking wrecks people in old school, completely unpowered. The only pieces of power, quote unquote air quotes power, that I've seen Eric play are Soul Ring and Chaos Orb. So, get fucked if you think that you have to have power to win or blue cards. Eric is also a much better magic player than me because he can actually read. Yeah, everybody talks about old school being the nostalgia format. And since I never had power when I was in seventh grade, I don't continue to play, continue not playing with power now and getting my teeth kicked in by people who can go, you know, landbox time twister, you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there's definitely a, a bit of a disparity there, but we'll, we'll get into some old school later. So the, first thing I wanted to kind of talk with you about is Modern Horizons 2. We've seen some impactful cards that have come into Eternal Magic, primarily Legacy and and Vintage kind of that we're focusing on. And I just kind of wanted to talk through some of the cards and then kind of review a little bit what we think about them. So, Well, I I love that we're staying fresh and relevant. It feels like Modern Horizon was, you know, 12 to 13 sets ago. So uh, good that that we're staying on the cutting edge. It's, It's only been like six to eight weeks, but somehow it feels like a fucking lifetime since that set came out. I actually just bought some secret lair today of the old border planeswalkers. So anyway, so, so Jamie, I've opened Dawn glare with the most expensive cards at the top and I'll just kind of read mm-hmm. them off and yeah, you, uh, yeah. Sounds you good. sound off uh, number one at $80 Ragavan nimble pilferer. Is this card Fuck. good? <laughs> Fuck that monkey. Oh my God, dude. Seriously. Legendary monkey pirate can eat my whole ass. I fucking hate that card. And yes, I know. Oh, it dies to everything. The problem is, is that it's goblin lackey that makes fucking Lotus petal. Yeah. It seems like this was one of the things where they, they had all these dials and they were like, well, let's crank them all up. And then they were like, oh, it's obviously busted. And someone said, we'll make it legendary. And then they ship yeah. the card. That seems yeah. to be what the design process was on this one. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, you know, people are like, oh, it's a red card. No, it's a fucking blue card. It's a one drop. It goes in every blue every blue deck in Legacy. If you're not playing this card in your Legacy deck and you play Brainstorm and Ponder and you're not trying to kill someone with Tendrils, you are fucking up. This card is so absurd. I've you seen know. it in Vintage Stormless. I've seen it in Blue Red Delver. Yep. I've seen it in Delver decks that have cut Delver to play this in Dragon's Rage Channeler. I've seen yep. it in Modern decks. I, I, it just seems like you're playing for Ragavan or you're not really trying to win any tournaments. Yeah. It's also, what, a fucking $90 card that just got printed, which is total horse shit. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, I don't play blue decks, so I don't own these. What's the next one on the list? I, I hate this card. I can't wait for it to get fucking banned into oblivion. The next one is Endurance at $35. I'm skipping over the fetch lines. Yeah, that's, yeah, obviously. those We know about those already. I, I do like Endurance in Vintage. I have seen a few legacy lists kind of pop up with it that were like four color loam type of things. Maverick type decks. Yeah. Maverick type decks, some green suns decks that, that were using it, you know? So it's like, it's kind of a cool card. I really like it. I've been playing a lot of bizarre aggro whenever I have the chance to play vintage. You know, I think I, with Patsy jammed probably 20 or 30 games one Friday and just fucking love endurance. That card is great in that deck. You know, it's, It's a fair magic card. For those of you that don't know what it does, it's a green-green generic flash reach. When Endurance enters the battlefield, up to one target player puts all the cards from their graveyard on the bottom of their library in a random order. Evoke, exile a green card from your hand. So basically, you can discard a green card, shuffle all your dead creatures or whatever, you're, you know, back into your deck. 
But I mean, really, it's just, I think, the, the fifth or sixth playable legacy vintage zero mana grave hate card to mess with reanimator yeah. dredge players. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we've got Surgical Extraction, we've got Leyline, we've got Tormod's Crypt, we've got Ravenous Trap, we've got Endurance. I think I'm probably missing one or two. Soul, Soul Guide Lantern. That costs mana. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's very fair. What's funny, though, is that it's in a deck that, you know, has Vengevines in it. But I think the whole concept of is is when you go through the free creatures like your fuck what are they the salamanders, I should know they're right in front of me. Root walls. Root walls, yeah, thank you. The the root walls when you go through your green root walls and you're running low on your red root walls, which is another card that's on our list, impactful cards. You can't you know you can shuffle them all back in and start all over and you know have all have all your squeeze in your hand. Well, that's the best of the cycle. What's your opinion on the other four? We've got Solitude, which is three two flash light lifelink exile a white card for swords to plowshares. Uh, I mean, it costs it costs five mana on the one side of it, so it's unfucking playable. <laughs> We've got Fury three three double strike for five. The Pyrotechnics that you can cast by exiling a red card to evoke that card. That card's fucking gas. I love that card. But the the reason that I love it, the reason that I love it is that you can choose among any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers. And I fucking hate planeswalkers. So being able to just pitch this motherfucker and blow up a a planeswalker is amazing. It was nice that they added that in as a little touch. Yeah. The other ones, we've got the super hype pre-release card, Grief. 3-2 3-2 Menace for 4. When it enters the battlefield, you get to Thought Seize someone by exiling a black card to evoke. People thought we were going to make well, way for this. Well, it's technically it's an unmask, though, right? Because oh, yeah, you don't it's pay life. You don't yeah. pay life. Yeah, Crystal Brand was going nuts about this in uh, Hogak and Reanimator for Legacy. I'm not sure how much play the card is actually seeing. I, I don't know in Legacy. I've seen like a couple of lists. I don't know if this is actually going to replace anything in Legacy. But in Vintage, it's definitely seen play. It has replaced Unmask in uh, Dredge, which is kind of unfortunate because I, you know, love Old Border cards. I can't get this in Old Border. Unmask is Old Bordered. So, you know, fuck me. And I had just gotten my unmasks back from being signed, like literally like two days before this got spoiled. So I tried not to like weep and hacks chat about this fucking card. <laughs> and then the last card in the cycle, Wizards broke with, I think, 27 years of magic design and made the blue one the shitty one. So we don't even need to talk about it. Yeah, um, no, that card sucks. Next card on the list goes into my personal file of cards that I did not understand were broken until one hit the table across from me and I lost in horrible fashion. It's Urza's Saga. <laughs> yes. That card is... I, I, I love it so much because it's so... It's just so stupid. But I, I will admit that it, it is probably too powerful for modern. It is seen play in Legacy Lands. And it is like fucking all over the place in Vintage. I mean, and this card is... Yes, Guy Bomberman. Yeah. Where I encountered it myself. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. Oh yeah. my god. I guess when he played the first one and made a 3-3, followed by a 4-4, followed by getting an expedition map for another saga, I started to realize that I had badly (laughs) misevaluated this card. I I didn't think it was going to be that good, 
you know, like if, to see like vintage play, I was like, ah, it'll probably see modern play. It's probably too good for modern. It'll get banned because there's a lot of one drop artifacts in, in modern. But I thought it was honestly going to be like an EDH card. I would, you know, that was really where I was kind of like, oh, this would be cool in singleton, like Aussie or something like that. You can tutor up your, your grave hate, you know, against the grave, the graveyard decks. But yeah, no, this card is absolutely absurd. I mean, it makes mana, it makes the tokens, the, what are they, zero, zero constructs that get plus one, plus one for each artifact in play. Yeah, they're the Urza constructs, and it looks like you're like, oh, well, but that's only the second saga, but you can tap it in response yes. to the sacrifice trigger, so you can actually activate it twice <laughs> without any yeah. shenanigans. It's and then you've got so these lands players <laughs> who are like, well, with the trigger on the stack, I'll copy it with Thespian Stage, and I'll get my judge friend to explain to you how this means Thespian Stage sticks around as an Urza saga forever. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty absurd. I not played this in lands yet enough to like know how all the interactions and stuff or, or how good it actually is. The one time I played lands, I, I lost to monkey and probably the next card that's on our list of playable cards from this set, the Merktide region. No, which... no, no, don't say the answer. This is a quiz for you. Okay. And the quiz is, what were the three design mistakes Wizards made when they printed Tomb Stalker? Um, well, probably that it had Delve. That it had Delve, okay. Okay, let's see. So that means that it only costs two black mana. Yeah, it's an eight mana spell that you cast for two. So putting yeah. Delve on Tomb Stalker, probably a mistake. What were the other two design mistakes? So I would probably say that it flies... That it flies. Yeah, like you get flying for two mana, and it's what, a 5-5? Five, five? A 5-5 five, five flyer in black for two mana. Seems a little strong. Okay, that's two design mistakes. What's the third design mistake that Wizards made when they printed Tomb Stalker? That it wasn't blue? Okay, you are one for three. One for three? When, okay, what, when are, what are the design mistakes? When Wizards R&D looked at Tomb Stalker, and they opened up the file, and they said, this card, we screwed up when we printed Tomb Stalker. We did three things wrong. The three things that they came up with was not Delve is busted, a 5-5 five, five flyer shouldn't cost two mana, and it's not blue. They came up with, it's not blue, it's not big enough, and it costs too much mana. <laughs> <laughs> and so they printed Merktide Regent, which has one less mana cost, so you delve fewer cards from your graveyard, is bigger than 5-5, five, five, and is blue, so you can pitch it to Force of Will. So you're, uh, you're not going to cut it at Wizards R&D with that attitude, Jamie. You've got to... Uh... I was thinking about being able to pitch for grief with my Tomb Stalker. That's what it really was. <laughs> and, and, and the fourth mistake, you can't make Tomb Stalker bigger once it's already in play. So Merktide Region is the fixed Tomb Stalker, where R&D cleaned up these four errors that they made. Oh, and okay. thank God okay. that they returned to that card design that was flawed and improved on it uh, with Merktide Region. I am never going to make it in R&D. Just ever. <laughs> Honestly, I... We're kind of we're kind of crapping on on Ragavan and Murktide Regent and some of these busted cards, but honestly, I think the next great designer search, you know, where they do the big open challenge where anybody can fulfill all these design challenges and the winner gets a job at Wizards R and D. Mm -hmm. The design challenge should just be design a fair legacy card that doesn't just slot into Delver. You know that. Mm may be impossible between Ponder and Brayden. I mean, it's just, I don't know if you can fucking do it. Like, I really, really don't. I was thinking so. about it, and I came up with a couple of cards that I think meet it, and it's Ice Fang Codal slash Baleful Strix. They okay. knew that was a good one, so they went back yeah. to it. I mean, a host of marginally playable D&T cards, but those don't really count. Then you've got to roll back to, like, Knight of the Reliquary. Yeah. 
I, w- I was thinking more along the lines of like, could you make grizzly bear playable? Like, could you find an effect to put on a grizzly bear that would make it playable in Legacy? That's, you get a job. Because if, it, <laughs> if you can make a grizzly bear that doesn't go in Delver, that sees Legacy play, you get a fucking job at Wizards. That's the new, like, bar. Well, I think they just opened the DNT hate bear file, and they're like, well, here's our 83 attempts, and yeah. here's the three that we're, now we're gonna make it. Now we're going to make it green. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, anyway, this brings up some questions. Like, I, obviously, we were kind of really poo-pooing on the, the, the monkey and Merktide. You've probably played a little more Legacy than I have, so I'm, I'm just kind of curious what you think about the format. We've had a couple shakeups and stuff with Astrolabe and uh, Oko leaving the format along with Dreadhorde Arcanist. So, you know, where do you see the format? Are there things that you like that you don't like about the format? I'm just kind of curious what you're... You play far more Legacy than I do. Uh, well, I love Legacy, and I'm a degenerate who thinks for Brainstorm, for Ponderous, like, hey, fun times at the circus. I remember playing Grixis Control back when Dig Through Time was legal and needing to draw my last, my fourth lightning bolt to burn out my opponent before he killed me and seeing literally 21 cards on my turn between Dig Through Time, Ponder, Jay Spetchland, etc. My opponent just sitting there with his head in his hands. And sure enough, I found that fourth lightning bolt. I mean, what are the odds? Only about only like 75%. T- only took, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it only took you nine and a half minutes, but you found it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've been known to indulge in a little degenerate play myself. I think there's some cool cards in here. Dress Down, I think, is a really cool card. Anything that yeah. breathes, breathes life into Stifle Knot. Prismatic Ending, obviously getting played in Infect, which is a deck yep. near and dear to my heart. Bant Infect. Well, there's one getting play that I'm really happy about is the new fiery salamander, Mr. Blazing Rootwalla. Blazing Rootwaller's hot. I know we're talking about that later. <laughs> yeah, he's he's showing up in, in Vintage, but he, I've saw some Vengevine lists in Legacy that were playing Blazing Rootwalla and Fury and Vengevine. I mean, it's, it's straight red-green. I was like, this looks awesome. So... Yeah, there's Cal- I, I there's Calder the complete. If if the DNT players want another batter skull, they got another batter skull. Dude, fuck D- DNT. Yavamaya Cradle for Growth, because you know I want to kick that Vines of Vastwood and cast Berserk off of some Ink Moth <laughs> Nexuses. Like, I mean, there's some cool stuff people can play with. Grist Hunger Tide. People are going to forget about it, and five years from now, it's going to break the format wide open because somebody's going to figure out something to do with that the, card. What, what, what is this card? That's the what? Planeswalker that's a 1 1 insect if it's not on the battlefield. And you can make insects, you can attack a creature to destroy a creature or planeswalker, and then you can, I don't know what the ultimates are, I never pay attention to those. But it's a planeswalker you can green sun zenith for. And is it rock colored? It, yeah, it's 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 black green yeah. one. So a three mana planeswalker in the good colors with some stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's probably going to see more play down the road after they ban some other stuff. I still fucking hate planeswalkers, so I'm not going to like indulge. <laughs> I will be playing be like, it at, at some point. <laughs> I will show up with a Nick Fit list that plays Grist, and I will go 0-4 at a local Legacy event. You know, God's God be with you. I'm, I'm I will play all four you. rounds. I will have a blast, and I will get crushed. <laughs> I should show up and build like a Garth One Eye list just so I can use my fucking uh, my Lotus and and my my Shivan Drag my Korean Shivan Dragon, my like Beta Disenchants, my like Altered Brain Geyser and shit, just to like. <laughs> Fuck with people at FNM. Okay, and I'll talk about one more card before we go because I'm going to go back to my roots. Now that every legacy deck is basically, you got your duels and fetch lands, you got your brainstorm, ponder, force of will, force of negation, and then you got your modern horizons, two creatures. 
I've just okay. accepted 80% that I'm going to be 80% of the format, you've got it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's how you build a deck in Legacy now, it seems. Or you play a dedicated combo deck that's been around for forever. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go back to my roots. I'm going to switch back to Black-Green Infect. I've got the Ignoble Hierarch now. I'm going to jab Ignoble Hierarch, <laughs> and I'm going to jab Dark Ritual. And I'm just going to cast a Phyrexian Crusader as quickly as possible and hope that that's good enough. That's fucking awesome. I, I all right. That's that, that's, that's the plan sick. from here on out. That is pretty sick. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I I will I will cheers you on that one, good sir. That is that is the opposite of the GBT mentality. <laughs> <laughs> the well, we don't like blue cards. Let's just fucking run green black and see what happens. Dark yeah. Ritual is a hell of a drug. And when people wreck me with the split second diabolic edict, I'll just be like, well, at least it wasn't Ragavan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who can't block? Phyrexian Crusader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've I actually you know dusted off lands. I'm I'm headed to Gen Con in a couple weeks, so I ended up. I've been so off on Legacy for so long. I picked up some Valakit Explorations. If that tells you how long oh. it's been since I bought cards, and I, I was you know playtesting with Crystal Brand a little bit, and was like, "Fuck, this card is so broken." And then like the next F and M Crowley shows up with, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna play Legacy." He shows up with DNT with three fucking Tomax in the main deck, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing Legacy for the foreseeable future. Anything that just is like, "Oh, hey, this is like a one sided effect." Crowley's whole thing is, "No, you know, it, it's it's like Tabernacle." I was like, "Tabernacle's symmetrical. This is not. You can still use Port and Wasteland, and I can't." You know, he plays those just for you, and you I know, know you sh you should take the list to a national tournament where you'll get paired with him in the first round. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know. It's like, you know, we got an EW2022 and I'm going to get fucking paired against Crowley round one and just drop. Just be like, nope, I'm done. I'm fucking done. But, you know, the, the format, I hope that some of this kind of reigns in a little bit. It seems like Ragavan is just the best above, w way above and beyond, like, what I expected. I, I knew it was going to be good. I didn't think it was going to be like hey, this is 25% of the metagame, you know, six weeks later. And, you know, Mark Tide Regent, I mean, I've even seen lists that aren't even running fucking Delver anymore. Yep. Like, so, you know, the thing is with that happening, like Chalice isn't even there to keep the decks in check. Like Chalice does nothing against that deck. I, I, I haven't played enough of the format and I don't, I don't play Magic Online and there's a pandemic going on. So I oh, have is no... is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you saw me, I... They banned Astrolabe, so it killed World Gorger Dragon Snow, which is what I've been playing for ages. Yes. Which is what I was playing right up before the pandemic. I won a, I won a Savannah, and then everything locked down. So like that's, <laughs> that, that's my COVID, COVID Savannah. I was like, back when times were good, I look at the Savannah, I just kind of stroke it, and I'm like, ah, uh, back in the before times. Back, back when you could play paper <laughs> magic in front of another human. Yeah, back when I didn't feel like exposing my, my unvaccinated children to extreme risk just to jam cardboard <laughs> with people. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah, so, kids. Daddy needs this Savannah. Yeah, Daddy needs to dunk on some fools. He needs to he needs to execute an infinite arbitrary loop of a number of steps, concluding oh with a stroke God. of genius. It's fucking great. But yeah, so we lost Astrolabe. We threw in Abundant Growth. That means you got to play a lot more basic, like a lot more green mana. So I was thinking about it. So I cut the blue from the bug lists. I was like, ah, you know, Abundant Harvest, I think it is. that the, It's a one blue. You look at the top three cards, you name land or non-land, yeah. and you yeah. get to take one. So I was like, ah, it's essentially Ponder. And then I threw the Dark Depths combo in to make the rest of the deck. So I'm playing the Not World Gorger package, which is pretty compact. Four into and four to animate dead, one World Gorger. I'm playing the Dark Depths package, you know, fourth Espion stage, four Dark Depths. 
Vampire Hex Mage. I've oh, got yeah. crop oh, rotation. So, here, so it's, okay, so you do have crop rotation. Okay, that's sick. Yeah, because crop rotation fetches the Dark Depths combo, and also if you're looping with World Gorger Dragon, you can fetch a Gaia Reach Sanitarium or a Piranha Marsh as oh, a kill condition. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I forgot about the Piranha Marsh and the Gaia Reach Sanitarium. That's sick. That's yeah. so sick. <laughs> so I threw the deck together. I've played it at a couple of events. The secret, actually, tech, if anybody ever wants to throw this together, which you shouldn't, it's obviously not a good deck, but Primeval Titan is the backup reanimation target instead of Uro as your backup Entomb target. Because Primeval Titan, when you've got the Dark Depths combo in your deck, is pretty good. And even if you're not trying to do that, it's still really hard for people to beat. So I've been playing that. It's been fun. You know, people open on ley lines or ensnaring bridges and you kill them with the other half of your combo. Yeah, you you kicked my shit in when I was on Tesserator. <laughs> you, you were like, oh, about that, you're ensnaring bridge. That's really cute, but let me just show you what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I thought how long is that going to hold up once I start generating infinite mana and drawing my deck? <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought you were on Dark Depths and then you fucking played a world. You like you were like Entomb World Gorger Dragon and I was like, oh, fuck, this is not the deck I thought I was playing again. I thought you were playing like the Hogak Depths list again and you just totally Yeah, and Crystal Brand open on Double shit. Leyline and I made a 2020 on the second turn. So, you know. <laughs> oh, it's fucking fantastic. Fucking fantastic. We should, um, you should, you should post that list. Maybe we'll see if we can get Jayco to put it in the show notes or something because that's kind of a cool list. The problem was abundant growth was really bad because you have the like two halves of your deck doing completely different plans. So you never knew whether to name land or non land. Essentially, I, I essentially would have replaced those cards with any card that cycled for one. I so, mean, uh, Kingslayer, I thought you were like omniscient and just, you, <laughs> you, I mean, you like, I've, you're, you're the only person I know that like doesn't fucking miss ever when I watch you play. It's like, holy shit. He top-decked the one card he needed to fucking win. Well, you're often in situations where you have half of each of your combos. So if you name non-land, you miss half of your depths combo. And if you name land, you miss half of your forger uh. combo. So, like, casting Abundant Harvest basically feels like kicking yourself in the nuts 50% of the time. It's just not a good experience. <laughs> That's fucking great. I like, love it. Casting your cantrip and then putting your win condition on the bottom just is like, man... Why did I build this deck? Yeah. And why am I spending my time playing this game? <laughs> oh, so, uh, God. If we do post the list and you do play it in an event, please let I'm us sorry. know on Twitter. <laughs> Normally, post your results. Yeah, the advice you all see on the pro player lists is if you take this list, don't just change four of the cards for four random cards and go to your local event. Every choice was carefully considered. Please. Change whatever cards make more sense to you. <laughs> Add brainstorm to the deck. <laughs> we did it's not probably think, better. <laughs> we did not think too hard about this one. Feel free to cut those four abundant harvests for literally any four cards in your trade binder, in your collection. <laughs> cards that, you know, you don't know the text of, that you've got a Russian copy of and you don't know what it does. You'll be more satisfied with those than I was with those abundant harvests. Bur birds at the, of paradise. At the events I played it at. Birds of paradise. Birds of oh man, those would have been way better in almost every situation. Yeah, I know they block, dude. They block Delver. So you sent me the show notes, and our next bullet point is about modern, and my jaw kind of dropped on my, just just dropped on the floor because I haven't played modern since probably 2013. I haven't played modern since Living End was good, and then I checked again, and Living End is apparently good again. I assume you just cut four Living End and put in four Ragavan. I haven't really looked at the list more oh, than that. I fucking have no idea. There's only, the only reason that I'm even interested in modern, and th there's a distinct possibility that I might be being held hostage right now, is Lantern is a deck again. So, oh. yeah, with Urza's Saga, you can go get either piece of the, the, the combo. You can get your Mill Rock, you can get your 
um, Lantern of Insight. You can get your Graph Diggers Cage. You can get what, you know, the it's a toolbox deck. So the list that I've seen is rock color. So it's black green and it's running just all the cards that I love to play. It's got fucking hand disruption, surgical extractions, main deck. It's got ensnaring oh. bridge. I mean, it's just like, oh man, it's like an old favorite came back finally. Like, I mean, I, I have literally tried to play Lantern in Vintage before Justin Gennari made it cool. I did it in like 2017 and then played against Dredge four rounds in a row. <laughs> yeah, so literally went 0-4 on that one and was like, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> I've even I've even sleeved it up in Legacy before. Like, I, I just love that interaction. I play Millstone Dreams in old school, so it's one of those things where, that like... That deck is real nice, the Millstone Dreams. That was yeah. the first old school match I ever saw was you playing Millstone Dreams. It's because people deck. don't... Yeah, people have no idea what to do. They're like, uh... And it's like, yeah, you can resolve that time twister. I just want you to know that I have a Tormod script, and when I find it, you're fucked. Because <laughs> I have more counter spells. It was one of those where, where I was looking at your hand, and literally nothing you were doing was making any sense. And then, like, eight turns later, I was like, oh, I don't understand this deck or this format at all. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like, it's an interaction I've, I've always really, really enjoyed. Like, I like playing Mill. Like, I played Blue Black Mill in Modern in, like, 2012, 2013. They banned Twin and Pod, which I played those decks. And, you know, then I was like, oh, I'll play Storm for a little bit. And I quit playing Modern in 2016 or 2017 when Probe got the, uh, whenever Probe got the axe in Modern, I was like, I'm fucking ah. done. Because the, I mean, the deck just wasn't as good as it used to be. It didn't feel like Storm. It just felt like you were kind of like, okay, I'm a Gifts Ungiven deck. Great. Okay. Let's hope this works. It was too, it was too glass cannony, but like, so I, I, during that time from like 2015 to 2016, I had played some, some of the Lantern decks and up through 2017 and when they hit Mox Opal, what was that, two years ago, three years ago? I don't know. Actually, let's look that up. I'm curious as to when Mox Opal banned. That was the last time I played Modern was like the weekend before. January 14th, 2020. So I, I played in a Modern event the weekend before, and it was like the first time I had played Modern like, I don't know, two years. I had just finished the fucking deck too. <laughs> like I was oh, like, sweet, all my, all my signed copies of shit were back. It was like fully signed, and I was like, fuck, fuck Modern. I'm done with this shit. Sold everything except for the Lanterns and the Mill Rocks because I was like, Whatever, you know, these I'm gonna I'll play these in some shit deck in in Legacy. They're they're in, but, you know. <laughs> so Lantern's good Lantern's good again and they're Lan sucking you back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I have the full I need two Urza's sagas, which I think I'm just gonna pick up at Gen Con. And yeah, I'll I'll have the full black green list. I won't have the blue black list because it runs War of Invention. Ah. I sold them when they were like a dollar and now they're like seven <laughs> bucks a piece. And I'm like, fuck, man, I don't want to buy this shit again. So I've kind of held off on buying those. But, you know, I mean, I really just want to do it so that other people can, you know, I can expose the unwashed masses so that they feel as dead as I do inside and just so full of hatred for the rest of humanity that they want, they just never want to play magic again. You want them to hate magic as much as you hate magic. Yes, you know, that's, exactly. That's, that's a noble goal. Maybe, I know. Maybe I'm noble's about, not the right adjective, but that's a goal. I'm really about community building. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have like Magic Players a, Anonymous. A, a community of hate. Yeah, exactly. It'll be Magic Players Anonymous. It's just like me, Rich, like 10 other guys that are just drinking heavily in a church basement talking about how we wish we hadn't played magic. <laughs> 
So well, let's uh, let's let, let's pull out of that dip because I actually played some magic that was super enjoyable recently, and I'd like to talk about that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. you were you were jamming old school, right? In webcam yeah, well, event. Yeah, of course. Uh, mad props to Dave Firth Bard DFB, who's on the cast previously. He runs these derbies. He gets like 200 people. He does a massive amount of work for them for no gain whatsoever except to raise a whole bunch of money for charity and bring together some people and play some games and make, make some friends. I've played in the... This is the fourth one of his that I've played in. There's two derbies a year, right? And then he did... Yeah, he does a winter one and a summer one. So okay. I, I started kind of two years ago. So I've done a winter and a summer and a winter and then this past summer. Actually, my first winter derby, my first match was DFB himself, who I didn't know nice. was like, you know, I was like, hey, I recognize this guy's name from the Google sheet and the emails. <laughs> and between the two of us, he was playing Red Green Land Destruction. I was playing Jun Land Destruction. Between the two of us, I think we had 16 Land Destruction spells, not even counting the eight strip mines. That's and, uh, so we, fucking great. The match took forever. It took like, I don't know how long it took. We were both having a blast. And I was just like, man, this is my format. Like, this is this is, this is is the right stuff here. Like, we were just, yeah. Oh, man, you were, love you were, the guy. You were, living, you were living the O'Brien School of Magic's, like, dream. Yeah, love the guy. Love his events. I haven't been feeling magic. I wasn't going to play in the summer derby, but I'd actually played in his one day Havenwood battle. I, I'd taken top unpowered and he'd sent me like a chain lightning that looks super nice. Oh, nice. And it arrived literally like the, the like a couple of days before derby signups closed and the chain lightning hit my desk and I was like, well, I'd better play this in, in an event. Like it would be disrespectful not to do otherwise. And I'd been playing a bunch of Ruck Egg decks. I played one in uh, Cam Jam. I played one in a previous deck, previous one. The Havenwood, actually, I was playing Jund, Inferno, Ruck, Egg. Got highest unpowered with that somehow, probably because that, I was that the only was unpowered player. That was such a fucking <laughs> hot pile. I, what's funny is that, like, Rich and I are both, like, I think he was, like, two and he was, like, two and two and dropped. I was, like, one and four playing Millstone Dreams and was like, fuck this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some chicken wings and just fucking drop from the event. Yeah, meanwhile, I wound up 5-2 with multiple main deck copies of Inferno. Just, I, and I and just like, no power. That's the best part <laughs> is that, like, you look at, if you haven't seen it, go to DFB's website. I think it's the Sentinel is what it's called. And he always has pictures of the deck list. They're, they're great, but... Yeah, you were the highest unpowered deck, and this deck just looks. I, like I went five two with this list. Like it was I, it's fucking. I, hot I had one of the garbage. most clutch. I had one of the most clutch avoid fates ever. Like in the final round, it, it it was just a really fun time. So I played that, and then at Cam Jam, I, I finished in the top four with with a mono red ruck egg, where I was playing mono red, and, and just to be a jerk, I was playing an entirely dual mana base in a mono red deck <laughs> with literally zero non red cards. <laughs> So, so, so you ran like sixteen red duels. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, it was great. funny. I, I accidentally posted my deck list because I didn't realize there was going to be a, a like third player rubber match. And yeah, and and my opponent posted in the Slack. He said, "Well, I'll be sure to bring in those red blasts in my blood moons." You know? yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Damn, I might have I might have juked him." <laughs> he, he he crushed me. Um, needless to say. But anyway, so Summer Derby, I, I didn't have any good ideas. I was kind of out of Ruck Egg Inferno. I was trying to, tired of making Inferno work, trying to make an Inferno work, especially in a four-strip format. But I had this Chain Lightning, and obviously Chain Lightning and Ruck Egg deck is just natural. So I was trying to think of, like, what other deck would I want to play Chain Lightning in? I've played a lot of, like, Red-Black Aggro. I've, you know, I'm kind of over that. I've done, I've done well with those decks, but I was, like, going to bust something out, and I was like, maybe it's time for Power Surge. 
Like that's been a card I've always enjoyed. <laughs> it's always great when you print a card and then like 10 years later, you change the card rule, you change the rules of your game so that the card no longer really has any text. Cause yeah. <laughs> what it does is it, it deals damage to you during your upkeep for every land that was untapped at the beginning of your turn. It's a red enchantment, symmetrical, two red. So like if you don't play mana burn, it literally does nothing because you just your opponent just taps all their lands on your end yeah. step and untaps yeah, yeah, yeah. and takes zero damage. But like I used to play a deck where you'd play like Power Surge and Mana Barbs. With both of those out, it was just oh. everybody takes damage for every land in play, oh, no matter what they so do. Good. That's so good. So I was just thinking, I was like, you know, there are some decks that are control decks that don't really do anything that sit there and like hold counter magic open. Those decks would probably hate to see a power surge across the table from them. And I could play Chain Lightning in a Power Surge deck. And I also, like, Granite Gargoyle is a pet card, and I've always been looking for an excuse to put four Granite Gargoyle on a deck, and I never had one. But as soon as I came up with Power Surge, I was like, oh, obviously you have to play four Granite Gargoyle on this deck. <laughs> so, oh, my God. At that point, the race was on, except I didn't have any Goblin Balloon Brigades. So I actually, fortunately, my first round batch opponents were like nice enough to let me play with proxies. So <laughs> nothing funnier than playing in an old-school event where dudes are dropping Black Lotuses and Moxes on you, and you're like, oh, I uh, have to warn you, I've got a proxy in my deck. And then you tap them out, and then you cast a, cast a Xeroxed Goblin Balloon Brigade. <laughs> while you're waiting on your, like, fifth edition ones to come in the Yeah, while well, well, waiting for my, my, you know, $2.14 TCG purchase to arrive. Um, yeah, so props to my opponents for allowing me to, you know, play an illegal deck for the first couple of matches with my proxy Goblin Balloon Brigades. Oh my god. You've got to be the first person in history to have ever proxied Goblin Balloon Brigade. Like, seriously, you might be the only person to have ever done that. That might be my magic claim to fame. I, you know, you should add it to your Twitter MTG bio. <laughs> Something like that. So so I, I actually went 3-1 and one in the first batch. Nice. I beat Zoo. I beat Rug Eureka because I had a Blood Moon out and he died to his own force of nature because he couldn't make green mana. <laughs> he couldn't make like, green mana. I beat Mono Red Goblins. I lost to a, a, a super greedy Grixis deck when I literally never drew a Blood Moon and also played really poorly. So, you know, I was 3-1 at the first batch, and how it works, the first batch is just random pairings. Mm -hmm. And then the second batch, you're paired up to people who have the same record as you. You're paired up against three people who have the same record as you, and then one person who's a random pair. Oh, uh, so, so you could get a pair up or a pair down. You could get a 4-0 or a 2-2. Yeah, so I played my first match and just got absolutely dunked on by this dude playing a deck that hats off i'm playing an unpowered version of this deck in the next event it's jund big zoo which like playing a power surge deck seems sweet until you realize that your creatures are one ones and two twos and your opponent's playing sedge trolls and urnums oh yeah that uh that's that would be fucking brutal. <laughs> You're sitting there like, well, at least we're so, both taking damage every turn from this power what, surge. Was, but yeah. was he running Curd Apes and like Land oh, yeah. Elves and Birds of Paradise to just ramp that shit out? I didn't see any birds. All his stuff attacked for damage. He okay. was playing Lanawar Elves, Curd Apes, Sylvan Libraries, Bolts, and then like Urnums, Sedge Trolls, you know, Demonic Tutor, Mind Twist, but very little black, mostly red-green with just a yeah. splash for Sedge Trolls and the good black cards. Yeah, yeah. the restricted. Deck with Seat, and I just got crushed. And afterwards, I was like, man, like, you 3-1-2? He's like, no, I'm 4-0. At that <laughs> point, I realized... I realized that the rest of the tournament was not going to go super well for the uh, unpowered Power Surge uh, combo. <laughs> Uh, sure enough, it didn't. I got, I got crushed by the deck playing hymns. Uh, turns out, for future deck brewers, it turns out having a one-of Ashnod's Transmogrant is not a good enough plan against the Abyss. 
Yeah, no. No, it's really not. That's, <laughs> I yeah. play a dragon whelp in the face of his abyss. I make it into an artifact creature with Ashnod's transmigrant. And he's like, oh, good play. Swords it. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, we can go to the next game. <laughs> I was, I was going to call the disenchant, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we're done here, bud. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, I've, I've had enough. <laughs> I did pick up one win in the second batch where I, I blood mooned a mono black player out of the game. He was splashing for power and clearly like, us. Ah, why not splash for power in this format? And I dropped a Blood Moon on him and, he, and a Power Surge. And he was all of a sudden like, oh, so I just take four damage a turn until I die? And I was like, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, that's pretty much what's about to happen. Good job. That's why we put, that's why we put these cards in the deck. So the plan worked on that guy. That's awesome. Um, and then I got totally stomped by somebody playing Underworld Dreams and Wheels where he oh, just had yeah. like, like you know, multiple power underground dreams early cast a couple vices and kill you know wheel you for 14 and I, me just yeah. sitting there like yeah i mean it's it's a lot like two more turns eight. from now i'll be able to cast a dragon whelp yeah and then then you'll be in trouble it feels a lot like when atog just goes like turn one drop a bunch of power Ankh of mishra black vice go and you're like fuck you like never yeah, see I mean, a creature you just die to like those two cards i mean when you play unpowered in old school you, you have to be kind of complacent about the possibility of somebody dropping a couple of pieces of power and just taking over the game immediately. Like, it just happens to you. There's there's nothing you can do. I also think you have to loosen your cheeks a little bit and just understand that somebody's going to come in and, and, you know, make you call them Big Papa Pump from behind. Well, that's an interesting an interesting way to phrase it. <laughs> I mean, Not sure I would use that same language. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that's awesome. I mean, Dave always runs great events. I Oh, super great event. All, me, all it's, over it's webcam. Always, yeah, it's always a problem to try to do those for me just because, like, you know, I'm, I'm self-employed, so my schedule changes so erratically, like, week to week even with, like, oh, hey, I've got a ton of ton of lessons on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, hey, I'm free at, from 1 to 4, and, like, people are at work. It just never really works out for me to do those. I, I do try to do the single-day ones. But, no, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that Dave had a good turnout. And I, I saw, I saw that... You won a Spice Award for this list. I did win a Spice Award, and I think it was because of the Chain Lightning. It's right in the middle of the deck pick. That was my attempt to kind of like, you know, you know, sway, 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 sway it your way. Yeah. Uh, although I also feel like it might have been, it might have been a leftover from Havenwood because I, I didn't get a, I, I didn't get a Spice and uh, Spice Award in Havenwood, but I did go yeah. five two with a deck playing multiple main deck Infernos. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I might have got one of those makeup calls or one of those like lifetime yeah. awards at the at the Oscars. <laughs> But it was really cool for me. School achievement award. But it was real cool for me because Dave was posting these on his Twitter account, and right around the time he posted my deck, he posted one of the other Spice Award decks, which is also an unpowered deck. Which for me, like seeing another unpowered deck, I'm like, oh, like I'm always excited when I when yeah. I. You saw how excited I was when I thought like an unpowered Goblins player had made top eight, and you were like, oh no, there's a Mox Ruby and a Lotus in that <laughs> yeah. deck, and I I just hadn't recognized the altars, you know. Yeah. But um, he posted this other deck, and it's this blue-red deck. And you look through it, and you're like, well, there's some interesting choices here. He's only playing one Serendib Afrit. He has a one-of-curd ape in his sideboard, and he doesn't have any forests in the deck. And it's all white-bordered. And then you look closer, and you realize that he has put together a deck entirely of summer magic cards. Yeah, yeah I saw that. and was like, this is the most expensive, quote-unquote, budget deck ever built. <laughs> Yeah, this man, I just can't imagine what I mean, it feels like, like to hold that in your hands and to be sitting across the table of somebody being, 
you know, putting their cards on the table and like by the time you're playing your fourth and your fifth card, starting to realize I'm in the presence of greatness. This is the Ark of the Covenant yeah. that, that yeah. is across the table from me. <laughs> like these islands and this power sink and oh yeah, I mean, this like, is what, an incalculable what's a, what's a, labor what's of a love. Summer Island, like a thousand fifteen hundred dollars. Well, that was it. I, I was showing it. I was showing it to, to, to my wife, and she was like, "How much would a deck like this cost?" And I was like, "You could not buy this deck for money." Yeah, like, I don't. I don't think like, that you can find the like, amount of time and effort with even with an unlimited budget to find and assemble these cards. It, it is, is is amazing. So yeah, because he was running counter spells and. Didn't he, didn't he also have, like, a Wheel of Fortune in there or something? Oh, yeah. It was... It I was, mean, the it, list is insane. Because it was blue-red, right? Yeah, it was a blue-red counterburn type deck. Yeah, because I, I remember being like, oh, whatever, cool, blue-red. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Is that a summer... Is that a summer Wheel of Fortune? And then I was like, oh, shit. This whole deck is yeah. summer, including the sideboard. Yeah, it's Richard Stebbing... Richard yeah. Stebbing from the Brothers of Fire. And, yeah, there's four counter spells. There's a Brain Geyser, Control Magic, Balance, Solings... I mean, Tomes, fireballs, disintegrates. It's a Jess guy control. It is gorgeous. Yeah, that deck is that 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 is by far the most pimp deck I've ever seen. Like ever. yeah, so it felt felt super like you know. <laughs> oh, he did it because t- tiny can. kid standing next to his gigantic pro MMA like yeah. fighter being like, hey, I got a spice award. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, my alpha power was in my safe. <laughs> like fuck, man. So. Well, cool. you know, I, that, that's awesome. I'm glad you had a good time and represented. It's always good to see, you know, I, w- I was happy to see that you got a Spice Award because Dave posted, I did shit talk Dave a little on Twitter when I saw a deck with 21 restricted cards get a Spice Award. And I was like, get the fuck out of here with this. It's like the deck minus 10 cards. That's not fucking spicy. Like it, it, That's the format. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I just don't think that it should be considered quote unquote spice. Like for me... <sighs> I mean, cool. I mean, if I if I decide to like build the deck and I put like electric eel and fucking um, goblin digging team in it as my win conditions, do I just get a free like spice award? Well, uh, I will I will say back to you. If you consistently run super high quality events over a course of many years, then yes, you can choose what counts as spicy. <laughs> and until you do, you can fair shut enough. up and sit down. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I. Uh, I might be a little like crotchety about old school. Mostly just, I'm, I think I'm just tired of playing against blue blue decks and legacy and in old school. It just seems like that's well, all I ever let, play against. Let's talk about when you do like playing about blue decks because I believe there's a vintage deck that you've been having a little bit of fun with lately. Well, it it has some blue cards. They're they're all free. They're like Force of Will, Force of Negation, Mental Misstep, Mind Break Trap. Yeah, it's got that one in there. Oh, so this deck must cast a lot of cantrips, a lot of brainstorms, a lot of ponders, a lot of card selection, a lot of making sure you line stuff up. Or is the game plan different? Well, you know, I mean, you would think that. I think the biggest problem with this deck that gives away that that's not not what's happening is when I play a Bizarre Baghdad turn one and people go, oh, fuck. So, yes, we are talking about Bizarre Aggro. It has been my current obsession for, I don't know, how how many weeks have I been talking about this deck in chat? I mean, I probably talk about it daily. I absolutely love this deck. There are a lot of Root Wallas in chat. Yes, there I am obsessed with Basking Rootwalla and Blazing Rootwalla now entering the format via Modern Horizons 2. I saw that card and instantly was like, holy shit, 
this replaces Memnite. This is great because I, I had the previous list together that was running Memnite and um, Crevican Horror, but we got Blazing Rootwall on the deck and then this spicy number called Master of Death. Do you know what this card does, Eric? I believe it masters death. So when Master of Death enters the battlefield, Surveil 2, at the beginning of your upkeep, if Master of Death is in your graveyard, you may pay one life. If you do, return it to your hand. Yeah, you never cast the card. So it is Crovican Horror or Squee. You know, technically Crovican Horror came first, but that pitches to Force of Will and Force of Negation. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this Ooh. real, like, you know, it's a, it's a really skill-intense card, you could say. Um, <laughs> it, it's... It's really whether you pay the one life in your upkeep to bring it back into your hand so you can discard it again with your bazaar, or if you hold it in your hand so you can discard, you can exile it to force of will or force negation so that your opponent that is playing Paradoxical Outcome weeps on the inside as you shove you know, Vengevines directly into their anus with haste. Now remind me, what's the interaction between Vengevine and force of will? Like if your opponent's holding force of will in hand, and you have Vengevines in your graveyard, and you cast creatures. What's the interaction there? So here's the really cool thing about this about this interaction. There is no interaction. You, they don't. Their force of will. They're just gonna look at it and realize that card really sucks in this matchup. Because <laughs> the other thing that's really great about it is you can even counter my root wallows if you want to. Or my hollow one, I still get the Vengevine. It is a cast trigger. So you're saying that that Force of Will just it just doesn't work on Vengevine. Yeah, it just doesn't work on that card. Um, I think one of the other things that do, do, do the Force of Wills that you play work against their spells? Yes. Yeah, I would say a vast majority of the time they are very very good. I sometimes use my three Noxious Revivals to get back my Force of Wills. It's really really great. You know, when you do that, you have an untapped bazaar, you've got extra cards in hand, so you put it back on top of your library, and then you draw your Force of Will to counter their spell after you discard some other cards. It's really, really skill-intensive. So you've countered, a force of, you've countered with your Force of Will, it's in your graveyard, they're like, well, surely he doesn't have another, and you actually can Noxious Revival it and bazaar it into your hand yes. and counter again with the same Force of Will. Yeah, it's, it's really, you know, it took me a long time to master that skill as a Magic player. You know, I, I, my, my hats go off to all the streamers that, you know, haven't thought of this. They just keep tapping Bazaar on their turn. And it's like, guys, sometimes we need that so that we can get Force of Will back. Because there's nothing better than when your opponent goes, ha ha ha, cool, Noxious Revival, you put the Force of Will back on top, tap Bazaar, have Force Blue card. Sorry, you don't get a, you don't get a PO. And I'm going to kill you the Venge Vines next turn. So thanks for playing. So <laughs> the other thing that I really like about this deck is it is a mana denial deck. You don't, people don't realize this, okay? This is like cutting-edge thought behind this deck. So it plays a Chalice of the Void in the deck. And you, when you cast it on zero, your opponent that is playing Moxen, it counters it, but you have to remember your trigger. So make sure you read the card before you play it, and also understand that Root Wallace still has a one casting cost. I know it has Madness zero. That is not the casting cost, everyone. It is one green mana. It is still one green mana. It's, it sounds like a, a conversation you've had many times, perhaps in high-stakes situations. Yes, yes. So the other thing is it plays one strip mine in four wasteland. And, you know, while I wish it was four strip mine, one wasteland, because, you know, hacks, we love strip mine. 
I still get five effects to blow up lands with. Pretty amazing. I love it. It's it's great. The two guys cradle so that you can pay for your creatures off of Tabernacle or pump your root wallas or even hard cast a Vengevine. I actually have hard cast two Vengevines in a turn before. That was that was a spicy meatball. Chris was that's not a, happy. The, that's the, despite all despite all the crap we talk, I think that's the thing that keeps me coming back to Magic is all the super weird corner cases where you have to you have to use all parts of the Buffalo to win yourself a game. Yeah. Yeah, but I've I've really enjoyed the deck. I mean, yes, it's a bunch of free spells. It's it's you you kind of steal games, kind of like Dredge does. It's a difficult deck to play against. I mean, you really need things like Pithing Needle and your own Wasteland Strip Mine, you know, kind of stuff. You know, Leyline of the Void does some work. It, it shuts off you know the Squee Line and the Master of Death Line, but you can still get Root Wallas out. You know, so I've won games where I've just like I've had like turn one, two root wallows with a ley line in play and my opponents like ponder, brainstorm, preordain, you know, merchant scroll, and they just can't win. They can't find their kill condition because there's so many, you know, a lot of the blue decks are so low on threats in vintage. I mean, anywhere mm -hmm. from three up to maybe eight. You know, this deck is running 25 creatures and you've got 16 of them that you can play, you know, that like that can come into play between Hollow Ones, Venge Vines, Blazing Root Walla, Basking Root Walla. It's, I love the deck. It's so much fun to play. Well, you know, I don't like to talk about, you know, 10-ply, one-strip mine formats like Vintage. Well, the the other thing with this is, is I, I may or may not have bought foils for this deck. I, I actually, oh. I like it. How many foils did you buy? <laughs> so... I have the Basking Root Wallas, the Blazing Root Wallas, the Hollow Ones. I bought an Old Border Chalice for it as well. An Old Border Foil Chalice? Foil Chalice, yes. <laughs> for it. So I'm only... So, I'm, so when I see these Hasbro quarterly earnings reports, can, <laughs> can, can I send them to you and you can circle, like in red, the Jamie Eastep purchase? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm... I'm not big on foils. I love new foils. I do really like old border foils. This deck, I get to play a lot of them. I it am I ever gonna have foil guys cradles? No, you know that just they're out of reach at this point. But and same thing with like squeeze. Squeeze are like five hundred dollars for foil ones if you can even find them. But you know, like oh. I can get things like force of negation, force of vigor. In Old Border, I can get the Leyline of the Void in Old Border. I can get Riftstone Portal in Old Border. I may eventually try to get the Wastelands in Old Border. So just trying to like really, you know, have a deck that I, I really enjoy playing. Like I, I bounce around on decks a lot in Vintage. I'm, you know, going to Gen Con in about two and a half, three weeks now, and I'm taking five Vintage decks. Turn and Burn's going with me as well. So I'm, I'm taking Dredge, Bizarre Aggro, PO, DPS, and Eldrazi. So there is not a non-zero chance that I only play Bizarre Aggro while I'm there. The whole time. The whole time, just because I really love playing the deck that much. It does take a little more thought than, you know, we're kind of joking about. Because you really do, if, you go, if you're left with no cards in hand, there's a lot of times where you, you are just dead on board. And against shops, if they go, hey, turn one sphere... Well, your root wall costs one now. That's a problem. So, yeah, you know, and then you're like, hey, I'm digging for Force of Vigor so I can, 
you know, and guy is you know, like a wasteland and a force of vigor so that I have mana to cast it, you know. So it's like there's there's a couple different avenues with the deck. I, I do enjoy it. I, I greatly enjoy vintage. I know it's not your format of choice, but you like legacy. It's not my format of choice. Well, let's talk about the format that we have been playing lately, which also is a one strip mine format. Of course I'm talking about Elder Dragon Highlander, also known as EDH, or among people born, you know, people under the age of 16, I believe call it Commander. I would say people under the age of 25. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. we've. So we've it's been... like the ultimate non-hacks format, and yet we've been playing a lot of it lately. Yeah, um, well... How'd that all start? Well, some of it came with came about with that we were playing Aussie Highland. We were the... playing a lot of Aussie Highland. We were playing a lot of Aussie there for a while. It We'll bring it back. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those formats. I think we just really like playing different formats and coming back to them. Like, we were on old school for, like, a year, and then it was, like, all of a sudden, all we played was Aussie for, like, four months. Yep. Hyperextended was big, too, for a while. Yeah. I still have, I still have my Future Sight Eggs deck I'm trying to theory craft for the next time we play it's yeah. gonna be real bad yeah i'm, I'm thinking hacksmiths we might have we might have a hyper event but yeah so i you know was really enjoying singleton i you know kind of thinking about a lot of the decks i enjoy in vintage like you know storm and paradoxical outcome they're essentially singleton decks minus like preordain and paradoxical like dark ritual you know they like most of the deck is singleton stuff it's these really broken cards and i kind of just realized like, hey, you know, I've never played EDH. And I think that it was you and Patsy I sent a message to, and because I, I know you guys play, and I was like, hey, don't tell anybody, but like, I'm thinking about playing EDH. Almost like I was like, you know, hiding something from my parents. <laughs> you were trying to score from the corner dealer, and you were like, hey, make yeah. sure my boss doesn't see yeah, this. Yeah, exactly, exactly, you know. So it, it's, I... You guys were like, yeah, sure, it's fun. You know, I'll we'll, I'll play with you. So I had played EDH like three games before we played together as a group. So the first deck I showed up with was with this like kind of casual play group. They were like, oh, we're super competitive, whatever. And I was like, all right, cool. So I built like Brea stacks, and this deck was you know all the dual lands like tabernacle strip mine crucible like i mean the deck trinisphere all you know i'm like all right these guys are competitive fuck these guys i'm gonna win this shit not really trying to like gbt but it's just i love playing stacks like if you're not miserable the way that i am i don't want to you know I'm, I'm not trying to have fun i want everyone to feel the misery that i do inside so i go i totally kill all of them by like turn six I have like Thopter Sword on board with like the Abyss and Moat out. And they're just like, yeah, good game. So we play another game and it ends up being three on one. I win that one. The third game <laughs> ends up being three on one and I won that one. And they were like, yeah. I, I never got invited back. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got so, shown the door at that point. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it was like, I didn't realize. I mean, they were like, we're super competitive. Like, and I've seen these guys like play modern at the, at the shop and a f you know two of them played have i've seen play legacy before i didn't realize that they borrowed cards from people to play those formats a lot of the time mm -hmm. so i thought i was showing up and people were gonna have dual lands and fetches and oh. stuff and these guys are playing like guild gates and stuff and i'm showing up with like hey cool i've got like you know all the duels all the fetches in my deck this is one of the general problems with edh is that you talk to anybody who plays edh and they're like well my decks are reasonable and like well powered so that everybody has fun and then there are the dicks who have decks that are stronger than mine and then there are the people who have lower decks that always complain about my deck and i just don't understand what they're talking about and you realize that like 
there's a whole continuum of EDH players from like, you know, cat deck tribal to like super tuned every single thought 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 over by an army of like internet warriors decks and you realize that all of them say the exact th same things when you ask them what the power level their deck is which is my deck's fine there are dicks who play stronger decks and there are whiners who play weaker decks but my deck is perfect and so getting an edh play group together is pretty much impossible it is we have luckily kind of taken care of all of that with hacks edh or hacks as we were as we, we refer to it as high roller edh so all of us like playing with powerful magic cards we wouldn't play legacy vintage old school any of this stuff if we didn't we would all play modern or standard or fucking pioneer or whatever the you know next my little pony set is that comes out that they'll be like all right we're gonna have this format in between pioneer and standard and historic and it's gonna be called generic you know and it's like all right whatever <laughs> So I, what I did was I, I talked to uh, Turn and Burn. He lives down in Charlotte. You're local. Patsy was local. He still comes into town on the weekends. And I was like, look, $10,000 deck minimum. We're, everybody's fucking playing. <laughs> we're all going to play fucking strip mine. Like, just get over it. Strip mine, wasteland, ghost quarter. You're going to get fucking strip mine. Like, I was like, go nuts. Net deck it. Play the most powerful deck you want. I don't care. There's no whining, no complaining. It does not matter. You can be salty, but don't whine. Show up with your best deck. That's the thing. Is like the best deck you can build, and it's actually worked pretty beautifully so far. Like I like I so I have three three fully assembled EDH decks now. So I have five color of Child of Alara because I have lots of dual lands. I have five color Golo stacks because again I have lots of dual lands. Uh, five color or no, sorry, I have four color Yidris Storm again because I have lots of dual lands. And I'm working now on a like survival pod list um, that is based with Carador. So I'm I'm actually waiting for like like fifty cent to dollar cards to come in the mail. I I'm placed an order for like seventy five like fifty cent to dollar fifty cards on DCG. Um, my card well, has never had that much shit in it, but it's all like just cheap shit. Like I you know. Once you get into EDH, you start buying all these cards that nobody else wants. Yeah, exactly. That only cost a couple of dollars, and, and you, you can never sell. <laughs> <laughs> There's an infinite number of them, and they can go on an infinite number of decks. Yeah. And uh, it's, well, it's a whole lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, like, things like Explore and Farseek. Like, okay, cool. I never thought I would need, like, three fucking Farseeks to play any format. Or, like, <laughs> three Explorers. Like, why do I need that card? But, you know, I think that when we just said, hey, like, look, you know, the sky is the limit. If you want to show up with $100,000 deck and that's what you got, like fucking ball we'll, we'll do it up it's you you bring your best i'm gonna bring my best and power level i would say if we had to gauge it, it would be 10 out of 10 for almost all of us it, it's just funny because uh, how i got into edh was me and my brothers looking through bulk rare bins at tournaments and pulling out the stupidest fucking rares we could and saying huh i bet i could make this work <laughs> So, yeah, so your journey into EDH was a little different than mine. Mine was like, fuck it, I have all these cards, and I like singles. And until Hacks EDH started, <laughs> I've only really played EDH with my brothers, and we play once or twice a year when we all get together, and we just we just shit talk and basically try to stop my younger brother Zer the Enchanter deck from dominating the table and stasis locking us on turn three every game. <laughs> so it, it's very different EDH philosophies. <laughs> He's an evil, evil man. Yeah, I think I would get along with him. Any man that likes oh, he's, stasis. he's phenomenal. I just upgraded the stasis in my, my Gullos deck to an unlimited copy because, you know, 
you gotta you gotta have a nice stasis if you're gonna make people. It is the saltiest card on EDH wreck. I was like, holy shit! Zero deck has been through many iterations. At first, he was stasis locking everybody. Then he got bored with that, and he started. He built a mill deck with Zer, where he was successfully milling people at EDH, which was quite a, quite an achievement. He made the deck significantly worse, but it was much more <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Then he ported it into an Eldrazi deck. Oh, that's he was sick. casting Eldrazi off of Xur like, somehow. Like the Titans. It was all built around getting Omniscience out. And he's now transitioned into kind of a bunch of two-card combos, like Power Artifact. And like, it's uh, every time, you know it's going to be awful and oppressive because it's Xur, <laughs> but it's always awful and oppressive in different ways. You always lose to these fun cards like Possessed Portal, where you read the card and you're just like, who printed this? As he like cackles like a madman, as you realize that like, I may or may not have that your entire in my stack. deck does nothing yeah. anymore. I may yeah. or may not have that in my stacks deck. <laughs> <laughs> I just I knew you would know it possessed. Oh poorly. yeah, oh yeah. That's that's an oldie but a goodie. Like that, it's really fun when you start getting that with like Squee and um, uh, Uba Mask. Well, you get into all sorts of I, fun. One of the joys of EDH is playing a card that everybody has to read that completely wins the game. <laughs> As I recall, the last hacks hacks EDH, um, we had uh, Crowley showed up with his Cat Tribal deck. <laughs> And he was a little intimidated because he definitely was playing Cat Tribal on a deck against Yidris Storm, Gitrog Monster Combo, and me playing me playing my Zedru the Great Hearted deck that, deck that I had disgusting. made some changes to to completely stomp on the rest of the Hacks metagame. And so yeah. he was intimidated. And when he sat down at the table, I said, don't panic. What's going to happen is this. I'm going to completely lock the two of them out of the game, and then you're going to kill us all with cats, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, man. I was like... I, 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 got, a, I got on Possibility Storm. Nobody yeah, could that, take any meaningful that game really, actions. That really fucked me big time. That was No so one could awful. take any meaningful game actions, because I hadn't figured out that shark, my Shark Typhoon hadn't arrived yet, so I didn't actually have any win conditions. I just figured you guys could get bored and rage quit, which did happen. And yes. then Crowley killed me with tutus. <laughs> Well, I, I was on the verge of decking myself. I think I had like 10 cards left in library and was like, I, I wait, even if I cast Yogwill, I don't win. <laughs> I was well, like, I think I had multiple, fuck. I think I had multiple rule of law effects at that yes, point. And did. It effects, was, yeah, so by it that was... point it was like, okay, well, well I had, you know, I, I was like, my whole thought was like, at some point I can try to get Assassin's Trophy back. And then I realized I had exiled it. <laughs> it was like, oh, great. Yeah, I, I, Everybody was casting spells and cascading into other spells and realizing they did nothing. Yeah. Whereas Crowley was like, I'll cast a cat. It cascades into a cat. Yeah. I'll attack for two. Yeah. Oh my God. It was hilarious. But, you know, one, you know, kind of getting back to like, you know, EDH philosophy a little bit is that I, I really think that they need to either just decide what, like what the format is. Is it, because it doesn't really have like a, an identity. Is it just all super powerful decks or is it the not having any reserve list cards, you know? So it, it, it's like one of those, you know, just get the fuck off my porch. We're going to all play with reserve list cards. And then they build, you know, or they build another format where they ban the reserve list cards and create a different EDH format. Cause I, like, I think that it would be better that way personally. Like it wouldn't be, you show up to play commander and then, you know, hey, I've got a 10 out of 10 deck and, you know, you got this kid showing up with nothing but Shocklands and, you know, he's playing Mono Red Burn, you know, Burn, you know, Rat Tribal or something, you know, and it's like, I'm just going to kick your shit in, kid, on like turn, I'm going to, I'm going to like cast my commander turn four 
And then turn five, I'm going to just cascade through like half my fucking deck. And uh, you're not going to like this. So it's just, it's I for me, it's like almost like a philosophy fail for the format because it doesn't have an identity as being, you know, like vintage. We know, hey, cool, you're playing with power and restricted cards like Demonic Tutor and Vampiric Tutor and all this other shit. It's like, all right, cool. You know what you're getting in for. You get into Legacy. Okay, you know it's going to be just fucking Misery Fest 80% blue decks. Like that's the format's identity. There's no power, there's no demonic tutor, no vampiric tutor. Get into modern, you know, don't have dual lands, you have shock lands, you know, the mana base is a little weaker. So it's, you know, like for me, EDH doesn't have that identity. It's like, it's too nebulous of like, hey, this, this is, you can't say this is what EDH or this, this deck is EDH. Like when I think about legacy, I think about Delver. Like Delver is the deck that comes to mind. Delver, Death and Taxes. Well, Elves doesn't exist anymore because they printed Plague Engineer. And, you know, like, I think of that. When I think of Vintage, I think of Dredge, Shops, Paradoxical Outcome, you know. Like, those are the decks that come to mind. When I think about Modern, you know, Dredge, Blue-White Control, Living End, you know, the whatever the Ragavan piles are right now, Jund. You know, like you, you can identify like Jund Ragavan, Jeskai yeah. Ragavan, yeah. Mono Red Ragavan, Blue Red Ragavan, yeah, exactly. Ragavan Control. Yeah, I mean that's basically the format right now. It, that that will change at some point, and then Ur- they'll ban Urza Saga because everything will be an Urza Saga deck. But but you know, it's like I don't think like EDH has that identity really. It, it you have to talk yeah. with the people you're you're playing with and it gets back to that point that you're saying where everybody's like oh my deck's fine those guys are dicks these guys are just whiners and it's like we took that out of the equation and just went fuck it play you know you build your best deck just fucking go hog wild i mean if you're playing a guild gate god bless you but i'm gonna blast your fucking face off by the end of this match yeah and 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 to me I, i think kind of the amorphousness of edh is is why it's so popular i mean to some extent that splits already happened there's kind of a cedh community um which is, and there's like a dual commander community, which is slightly different, which is all one-on-one with slightly different rules than CEDH. Yeah, didn't they ban like um, Soul Ring or some shit in that format? Yeah, my Mogus God of Slaughter deck was originally, I, I was playing it on X-Mage as a CEDH deck, and it, uh, actually some, some guy from Brazil messaged me for the list and took it to an in-person tournament. Oh, shit. <laughs> which was, was Mogus Enchantment Control, and I built it just because I was like, let's build a Black Red Enchantment deck because that seems sweet, and also I like to cast Death Cloud. Yeah. Um, oh, that card's awesome. Oh, it's such a good card. Yeah. Everybody has fun when you cast Death Cloud. Oh, yeah. You can't sm- yeah. You All you can do is like high five each other and be like, fuck yeah, we're all screwed. <laughs> but, but to me, EDH's lack of identity is, is what I think is so fun about it. And I, I mean, obviously my perspective is somebody who played with only people who were related to him by blood for probably a whole decade. Like, I don't think EDH makes sense outside of the context of a play group. Like, I can't imagine going to a big event and sitting down with a pot of people I don't know and play EDH. Because to me, it's just like, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's like taking my pants off in the middle of the street. You know, it's, it's, it's something that I will What's do in certain that? contexts, but, but that's not the right context. I mean, who hasn't wanted to run through the end zone naked at a you know, Carolina Panthers game? <laughs> I mean, so funny you bring that up. So Turn and Burn and I are going to Gen Con together. And we are playing. He, we're gonna wear different hacks shirts. He's gonna wear the GBT jersey, and I'm gonna wear like a the Arnold one. And we're gonna get into the same pod and see what happens. So we're not playing the same commander, but we are playing like 90 of 99, the same cards. I'm playing Child of Alara lands, and he's playing Golos lands. 
<laughs> our whole plan is to just shit can the whole table and just pretend like we I, don't know each other. <laughs> I, well, I, I just want you to reflect that anytime you read an article about EDH where people talk about the spirit of the format, they're trying to exclude people like you. <laughs> I mean, but why? What? <laughs> There's a, so there's not there's not a format identity, but there's a spirit of the format. <laughs> I don't understand how like what that even means. Like, if you're not showing up with strip mine, just don't fucking play EDH. Find a different format. How much is a strip wow. mine? Like eleven dollars, and somehow it's like such a salty card. Like I'm gonna like I sent my nephew one with a fucking stamp on it, and was like, I hope you strip mine with me with this. I feel bad because I got rid of my my foily from the vault strip mine and so now i actually don't have a strip mine in the only edh deck of mine that actually meets the hacks edh uh, deck required rules <laughs> it is fully foiled so, though so i mean i think you that's, need to... that's why there's no strip mine in it because i i got rid of my from the vault strip mine and just never wanted to buy a, a from the vault or an expedition one I think you need why to, would you yeah i think you need to get the expedition one because it's fucking hideous we'll hack stamp it so, so every time every time I play my foil field of ruin, I'm expecting to get kicked out of the club. Like I'm expecting the table to flip and people just to be like, "What the fuck is that? Who's playing a field of ruin at this table? <laughs> what kind of poor bullshit is that? I don't want to be able to fetch a land. I want it to be gone. Damn it!" Well, the first time I actually played Field of Ruin, I was like, you "Wait, had to read each it. opponent gets the search of land. <laughs> this card is garbage." And then that's the first time I regretted selling my from the vault strip mine. <laughs> So what you're saying is maybe the I first need first moment I regret. Maybe it. maybe I need to get you a, a foil strip mine as you're welcome to the cast present. Well, no, I, I put in foil rain of thorns, so I just decided to go big or go home, you know. Okay. Well, I mean, as far as you're welcome to the cast present, it was either gonna be a strip mine or I was gonna get you a I was I was thinking maybe I would get you a lot of loot. Just just to <laughs> just to prepare you for the absolute fucking that it is to be on this cast. <laughs> What, so, do you get a lot of feedback from your eight eight listeners? Do they, do they send a lot of angry emails? No, no, I don't. I actually don't think anybody listens to this. So, I mean, I think we're just doing this for posterity, so that like someday my great grandkids are like, "Hey, my great grandfather was a fucking asshole, and he called people poor that couldn't afford dual lands." You know, it's like we well, bought our estate off of the dual lands. <laughs> always invest so, in real estate. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, that, that kind of is like everything I wanted to talk about. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, chat about this evening or uh, on your, your inaugural cast as a co-host? I encourage people to play in a webcam derby events, to brew absolute garbage decks, and as long as you're having fun, to not worry so much about winning or being on the best list. I mean, don't play $100 to enter a, GB, uh, a GP with some garbage that... You know, you just slammed uh, Dark Depths into World Gorger and are going to pay $100 to get dunked on for the first two rounds. For local events, for hanging out with playgroups, spread your brewing wings and do some stuff that makes you happy. Fuck Brainstorm. Yeah, and don't put Brainstorm in your deck. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. So you can find me on Twitter at HacksMTG. Eric, do you have a Twitter? I have a Twitter account, but it's for my job and I don't talk about magic. So I might start one after this cast if I need to. Okay. All right. We, we're currently working on an OnlyFans. We did find out that they're banning porn. So we're trying to find out what counts as porn because we have lots of pictures of Rich's feet to... We're going to go right up to that line and get as much cash as, cash as we can. Exactly. Exactly. We have a lot of photos of Rich's feet 
some of them, even he's like got power next to his feet, a black lotus between his toes. If that's your thing, you know, and you want to help us find where the line is, definitely let us know. We're, we, we might need a marketing team to help us with this. And of course, the Hacks Patreon is always worth subscribing to for our well-thought-out deck lists. Yes. Our, our, our sideboarding guides and, of course, our array of very solid competitive results to let you know you are dealing with truly the brain trust of modern magic skill and expertise. Yes, it is at patreon.com slash go fuck yourself. So anyway, <laughs> Eric, it's been great talking with you. And yeah, so sorry it's been such a long time since the last cast. Rich and I had a lot going on personally. So anyway, have a good night, everybody. Till next time. Give it to your mind. Fuck, wait for you to get it on your